subject for this week and next week. And I want to talk on the subject of the trap of Halloween. I want to talk about the trap of Halloween. What's behind... Can you turn my monitors off? I'm ringing behind me. I want to talk about what is behind the mask of deception. Over the next two weeks, as I said, we're going to deal with the subject of Halloween. To some of you, The things we're going to cover, you may already know. Some of you may be experts. Great. You can share stuff with us and help us. But to many of you, this may be the first time you have heard this information in regards to the subject of Halloween. Halloween is not, let me repeat myself, Halloween is not a godly celebration. Not in any shape nor form. Even if it's run through a church, it still doesn't make it of God. Please understand where I'm coming from today. My purpose is not to ruin the fun. For those of you who know me, you know I'm not the kind of person just to condemn and attack others just for the sake of condemning and attacking others. I'm not one just to really openly come out and attack people's beliefs and their values and just kind of just, oh, everything is wrong. But I am one to stand up for the truth. I am the one that will preach the truth, the word of God. In other words, I love you enough to tell you the truth of the deception that there is in this time of year. You know the kind of people, there are people out there that everything is wrong. Anyone know anyone like that? That you can't even breathe a certain way because it's ungodly and it's unholy. That everything out there is wrong. And if everything out there is not wrong, everyone out there is wrong. I call them the spiritual police. Some people out there, you could maybe call them the spiritual Hitlers or something. But they're spiritual police. People who thrive on that kind of stuff. They're opposed to everything. Don't go to Disney World because they support homosexuality. Don't have AT&T in your house because they support abortion. Don't support, what's it, Procter & Gamble. You know what? Procter & Gamble make deodorant. Support them, please. Okay, so there's people who go to the absolute extremes and really with their extremes of boycotting everything, picketing against this, lobbying and everything. Can I say this? People who stand outside abortion clinics, draw guns and shoot the doctors in the name of God are not doing the work of God. I believe abortion is wrong, but there's another way that we need to fight it, not taking the law into our own hands and killing people because what we've just done is as bad as what they are doing. 
So we've got to realize that we've got to watch because those people in trying to defend Christianity are giving us a bad name. They're giving us a problem. In some cases, I really do understand what they are trying to convey. But I also believe that we have to be bigger than those things. We need to be bigger than these things. Remember this, darkness is only the absence of light. What did God call us to be? The light of the world. If there's darkness happening around you, praise God. God has strategically placed you in an area where you can illuminate, where you can shine, and you can give off light. Come on, it's time to shine in our schools, our colleges, our workplaces, in our family. You see, the problem is we have to learn, and this is the struggle, I believe, we have to learn how to live a balanced life for God. For too long, I believe subjects such as this and other subjects have taught us and caused us to live what I call a very unbalanced life. Because what I think has happened is, and from the pulpit it's been preached and it's been the topic of lectures, it's been the topic of conversations in the Christian realms, that many times all that is focused on is the untruths. This is wrong. This is wrong. But in focusing or preaching just on what is not true, it is falling at the expense of something else. And that is this. It is falling at the expense of truth. Truth has suffered. And I can prove that statement. I challenge you. Go to your unsaved colleagues at your work. Go to your unsaved family and ask them what they think about God, church, and Christians. Ask them. You know what conclusions they'll bring to you? Maybe one like this. That's a narrow, boring life. Have you ever heard that? Why would I want to do that? It's miserable. Another thing that they'll come is, why would I want to live a life that all it is about is restrictions? Anyone ever heard that one? I have. What about this one? Why would I want to live a life that all it's about is just do's and don'ts? That I have to do this and I have to, hold on. That is not what God said the Christian life is about. God never said Christianity was boring. God never said Christianity was restricted. God never said it was a list of do's and don'ts and a miserable, depressed life. God said, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. I've come that you will live such a high quality of life, such a high quality of truth, a life that the world cannot even come close to comparing. But all we hear is, you got to do this and this and this, and we hear the untruths, and you can't do this, you can't, and all this, and it's made Christianity so boring and so confined. You see, the wrong message is being conveyed. And unfortunately, we're the belt. We're the conveyor belt that is carrying the message to the people around us. Because the main focus has been all wrong, the truth remains hidden and undiscovered. You see, we don't have to bash the world to make Christianity look better. But we do. I remember when I worked at BMW for my Uncle Graham, who came over here a while ago and did our entrepreneurs night. And when I worked with him at BMW, they taught us that when people come in and talk of other cars that they have looked at, such as Mercedes or other cars such as that, 
The worst thing that you could possibly do is say, oh, that's a piece of junk. Because it's not. It really is not. And what they taught us is this, to compliment our competitors. Oh, that's a great car. It's an incredible car. So they, number one, taught us to compliment our competitors, but to prove through our own product why it's better. It's a great car. Man, a Mercedes-Benz, man, a classy car. However, did you know that BMW has the number one rating of safety in any car in the automobile industry? I'm not discrediting that car. I am what? Proving what I have is better. And that's what we need to find that place in our lives. Instead of just tearing down everything and being Mr. Negative. How many times do Christians get the label of just being negative? We've got to be the most positive people. Why? Because we've got the gospel and it's good news. And it's time that we share it with people. We don't have to bash the world to make what we have look better. Christianity is the greatest life. And we've got to prove it to them through our lives and through our testimony. So today I said all that to say this. I'm not trying to ruin good fun. I'm just trying to uncover the trap. I want to present to you the truth of Halloween, both from a secular standpoint and also a religious source or religious sources, as in the scripture, the word of God. I want to give you the origin and the history, its background. I want to tell you in a nutshell about that day or now holiday that is called Halloween. The first point I want to discuss tonight is this. Halloween is all about deception. Halloween is all about deception. What I mean by that is it's not everything as it appears to be. We cannot take Halloween for face value. If we look at Halloween as face value, it's an opportunity and a fun time when the kids can dress up, they can go street to street, and they can stock up with candy for almost the next year. If we look at it as face value, many people turn around and say, it's just a fun, harmless night. What is the issue? What is the big deal? Remember, we talked deception. One of Satan's names is this, the deceiver. The deceiver. The deceiver or deception is a very successful trait that he has accomplished much through. Hosea 4 verse 6 says, my people are destroyed because of what? Lack of knowledge. What he's really saying here is this, get your head out of the sand. Stop burying your head. Open your eyes. Deception is all around us. And sadly, but truthfully, it's creeping into the church and it's not even creeping in. We're opening the doors and we're letting it march right in. I read a really great email, and I'm not going to go into it today, but some of you have maybe seen it, the stranger that was invited into our house. Has anyone read that email about the stranger who came into the house? And it goes through this whole list about this stranger who comes into the house, that he teaches morals against our parents. He curses, and our parents don't. And he drinks, and he advertises drinking, and he does all this. And it's talking about this stranger who's come into our house. And at the bottom, it says, the stranger's name is TV. And he now has a wife called Computer. What we've got to realize is there's a lot of deception that's coming through 
the TV screens today. Look at children's shows. Look at young people's shows today. There is very few that does not have something to do with the superstitious or superstition. There's very few now that don't have something to do with some kind of magic or powers. Come on, am I right? And it's presented in such a way, whether it's psychic through That's So Raven, or it's all these other shows and all these different things. There is just something in all of them that is just deception that's coming. Halloween is a tool like that that is bringing deception to this nation and people. Remember... Satan's conversation with Eve. At the very beginning of the Bible, Satan said these words to Eve. You want to be like God? He knew she never could be like God. But if he deceived her into thinking that she could, then he knew he would get to God. You see, Satan knows he can't really do the things that he professes that he can do. But if he deceives us into thinking that he can, then what happens? He's as good as done it in our lives. We're talking about deception. It worked back then in Genesis chapter 3. And because it worked then, it is still working against us today. You may say, well, what could possibly be wrong with Halloween? It's just make-believe. There's nothing to it. It's just fun. It's all harmless. No, that's what we have been deceived into thinking and now accepting. Ephesians 4 verse 27 says, Nor give place to the devil. It says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor, verse 27, give place. That word place means opportunity or give real estate. What does that mean? Don't give ground for the devil to operate in our lives. So many times through deception, we allow Satan to work and play with us and toil with us and confuse our mind. We've got to know the truth because John 8 verse 32 says it's the truth we know that's going to set us free. It's not the untruths that we know, but it's the truths that we know. So the first point we need to realize is there is deception that is involved. Anything that Satan has is surrounded in deception. He can't tell the truth even if he wants to. Why? Because twisted truth is still even a lie. The second point we're going to cover tonight is this. We're going to look at the history of Halloween. I want you to listen to this. This statement is taken directly out of the American People's Excitlopedia. And it states this. The American People's Excitlopedia says this. Halloween, the last day of October, and the eve of All Saints Day in the Christian church, The origin of Halloween customs, however, antedates Christianity, means it goes before Christianity. The Druids, or members of pagan orders in Britain, Ireland, and Gaul, led a celebration on October the 31st, the eve of the festival of Saman. This day was considered the time of the year in which both good and evil spirits roamed the earth. It was a night of ghosts and fairies in which bonfires were built and 
Futures were foretold and witches rode through the sky. The Druids believed that on October the 31st, the last day of the year by the ancient Celtic calendar, that the Lord of death gathered together all the souls of the dead who had been made to enter bodies of animals and decided what forms they should take on the following year. Cats were held sacred because it was believed that they were once human beings that had been transformed for committing evil. Although the Druids were outlawed by the Romans during their rule of Britain, Halloween's customs of Druid origin developed in Ireland, Scotland, and England. The use of fruits and nuts on Halloween was derived from the Roman festival of Ponomena, the goddess of the fruits of trees. Colonists and immigrants brought their Halloween customs with them to the United States. Modern Halloween parties include masquerading, lighting jack-o'-lanterns, parties, and trick-or-treat. Prankish destruction on Halloween is a corruption of an earlier belief in the powers of witches. That is written or comes straight from the American people's encyclopedia. Way back before Jesus was born, in fact, they tell us it was some probably 300 years before the birth of Jesus, there was a civilization of people who were called the Celtics. We just read that the majority of them lived throughout the British Isles in Britain, but also in Scandinavia and in Western Europe. They were just commoners. They were just simple people. But within this common group of people, the Celtics, there was a secret society of priests and pagans who were known as the Druids. The word Druid could also be translated the worshipper of oaks. You see, a lot of the religions and a lot of these false doctrines today, like New Age and a lot of these things, a lot of their origin goes back into all these kind of things. You've got to see the deception of Satan is just intertwined and woven through all these things. These druids were Satanists who worshipped and served the demonic god of the dead, whose name was Samhan or Saman. The priests would then control the people around them through fear. And this was their main stronghold they had. How does Satan want to control us today? How does he desire? Through fear, through deception. It's all a paralleled image. By the hands of these druids, the people of that day witnessed much death, disease and destruction. The priestly order of the druids was highly feared by all the people of that day. Each year on the 31st of October, these Druids would celebrate the eve of the Celtic New Year in honor of their pagan god, Saman. Calling it originally the Festival of Saman, or more accurately, it used to be called the Festival of Death. This is the deception of Halloween. This is the origin. This is what Halloween, it's not about all the things we see now. It's the Festival of of death is the original name for what we now have today. By Satanists and occultists, devil worshippers, this day is still recognized as such. To them, it's not trick or treat. 
To them, it's not all this. To them, it is still recognized as the darkest day of the year. The beginning of a new year of demonic powers. It's a time when they believe that there's a, a, a layer or a gap that between life and death is at its thinnest. And that's why so much power and manipulation can happen at this time. This is another eve for them of a year of witchcraft that is coming up. Anton LaVey, who many of you may know, was the author of the Satanic Bible. He was the high priest of the Church of Satan. This is a direct quote from Anton LaVey in regards to Halloween. He says, On this night, satanic, occultic, and witchcraft powers are at their highest potency level. Any witch or occultist who has had difficulty with a spell or a curse can usually achieve success on October the 31st. Why? Because Satan and his powers are at their best that night. The world book Encyclopedia says this, Halloween is the beginning of all that is cold, dark, and dead. The Celtics or the Druids within the priestly order or the priestly order of the Celtics, according to um, Druid superstition, believed that on this night that there was such a power, a demonic power, that literally the graves would open up. And on this night, the dead would leave their graves and wander the streets. If the dead approached your house on this night, you would give them offerings of cakes or cookies or gifts or some sort of treats. The Druid priest would also on this night go from house to house, knocking on doors, demanding from those common people all sorts of strange foods and gifts, demanding, literally just taking anything and everything they wanted for people. And because of the power, because of the fear that people had, anything they requested, pretty much, they gave it to them. They gave it to them for two reasons. Number one, the priests wanted it for their own good. They wanted the food for their own consumption. But also, they took those things to offer later to Lord Saman at the festival of death. If the people would not give them what they demanded, they would curse the home. They would place a demonic curse upon that house. Notice trick or treat. This is where the term trick or treat comes from. This is the origin of it. And I know it sounds like too good to be true. Oh, you're just making up all this. This is from encyclopedia. This is history. Do the research. Break through the deception of it all and you will see this is true. History claims this, that the Druids had so much demonic power and influence that if what they request wasn't surrendered and given, that as they placed a curse or a hex upon that house or that household, they tell us, and history claims this, that someone in that family would die within that year. If they did not appease the powers that be, that someone in that household in that year would die. The student's encyclopedia says this, 
Many of the customs and the superstitions of Halloween are thousands of years old. A number of Halloween superstitions about ghosts and evil spirits developed from the ancient Druid festival of Saman. During this festival, the spirits of the dead were supposed to return to the homes of their kinsmen. Great fires were lighted to guide them and to ward off the evil spirits that roamed the countryside. Witches were expected to appear riding on broomsticks to their witches' sabbaths. On this night, the eve of the new year, if people like myself or you had to go out and travel on this night, if they had to go out, most of the people didn't want to go out of fear of what was taking place. But if they had to travel, This is how they would travel. They would masquerade themselves. They would dress themselves up as ghosts. They would dress themselves up as devils and witches, monsters or some kind of demonic creature. And the reason they would do this is because what we just said, not only would the Druid priests be out, That night, but they also believed demonic spirits that had risen of people who had already died was roaming around. So what they did was they masqueraded as those things so they could freely move around without being inflicted harm or causing problems in their life. Hasten where we see now all the costumes and the masquerades. It wasn't someone just woke up one day and said, I know what we should do for Halloween. Why don't we dress kids up? Its origin spoke this into being. It wasn't someone that said, man, let's make some money. They are. They are making an absolute fortune. Come on. Making an absolute fortune off these kind of things. I talked with someone the other day, and I can't even remember who it was, but they were talking about their company and what their company used to provide. I think it was Mr. Huss was talking to me about something, or or I heard it somewhere, and he was talking about this company that used to provide all these things, but as a result of laws changing and things happening, it was the leaded petrol. Were you telling me that? About a company used to make the the lead that went in the gas or something like that, And, and as a result, the company had to change and adapt. And one of the things that the company ended up making was a material that would be sprayed on a lot of these dresses and makeup things that happens on Halloween that would make those clothing non-flammable. So while the kids had their candles and the lanterns, their clothing would not catch on fire. There are people who are making money out of it, but these people are not the origin of it. The origin was that they were trying to masquerade. They were trying to blend in with the demonic presence and powers. My God, I'm here to tell you right now, there is a darkness that happens on Halloween like no other time. The police tell us that crime rate increases. We know that even kids, you see behavioral change in children overnight or this night. Why? Because it's not a trick or treat thing. It's not just a fun thing. It's steeped way back into the occult and the times of darkness. So these people would dress up so they could move easily without being detected. And moving around unharmed. The Druids would then also carry with them at that time what they called turnips. 
A turnip is, you have turnips over here? But we, they were a lot, they were very common in England and stuff, more than what they are here. They would carry a turnip with them for guidance on the night. They would take that turnip, they would hollow it out, and they would carve a face on the front of this turnip. The carving wasn't just, oh, I think I'll do this and I'll do this. The carving they carved on each lantern was to represent the demonic spirit that each individual person depended upon for their power and knowledge. This was the Druids. They had demons that they depended on that gave them the power, the demonic power and the demonic knowledge. So what they would do is they would literally carve a portrait of their demon face. They would hollow it out. As I said, they would carve it on the front. They would then take a candle and they would put it inside of it. Then that was used as a lantern that would enable them to move from house to house. This is what they believed. They believed that their demon spirit, that they carved the image on this lantern, they believed that their demon would literally inhabit this turnip and assist them in carrying out the spells over the homes and the lives of those who refused their demands. They named this demon or lantern, they named it Jock, J-O-K-E, Jock. It was a Jock lantern. That was what they called it. In the 18th and 19th century, when this practice came over into America, turnips weren't so prominent, and they were substituted by what we now see as the pumpkin. Jock became known as Jack, who lives in the lantern, hasten Jack O. Lantern. These are all things. It's not not just a coincidence. These are all things that have their origins back into pagan superstition and demonic presence. I know it sounds corny, but this is fact. I know it sounds too good to be true. Why? Because we've been deceived a long time. How many have heard all this stuff before? How many know this? How many have never really heard this kind of stuff before? Whenever you hear these things, though, I'm telling you, even if you've heard it before, it makes you sit up and say, wow, there's important things we need to know. There is nothing up to now that we've talked about that even remotely presents anything or represents anything that is Christian. Today, Halloween is totally what it has always been. Today, it hasn't changed. Today, Halloween is still the same as the day it has always been, and that is this, a day dedicated to the devil. Even down to its images. Have you ever thought about the images of Halloween? Look at the very nature of the images that they represent and the symbols of Halloween. Witches, ghouls. Vampires, ghosts, bones, bats, spiders, black cats. Nothing good, but all to do with death or the dark side. Next week, we're going to look further into some of its practices. But really, next week, we're going to discover how Halloween made its way into the church. How it got into Catholicism and how it funneled its way down now into what we now call the church.
Listen to me, this is real. It's a trap of Satan that has to be exposed. It's become a major celebration in our world. People today are decorating their homes almost more now for Halloween than they are for Christmas. This year I've seen more decorations going up than I think I have ever seen in the history of my life. It's deception at work. It's overtaking. It's deceiving. And again, uh, the reason I started off with how I did at the beginning was, I'm not just someone just to come and bash something for the sake of bashing it. But the reality of it is this needs to be exposed. The truth needs to be known. Now, some people may turn around and say, well, why are you celebrating Halloween? We're not celebrating Halloween. But what we're doing is this. We're giving the children a godly alternative. And people may say, well, you really, all you're really doing is celebrating. No, we're not. Because we're not celebrating Halloween. We're showing them that you can come and have fun and there can be a safe thing. Why? Because you know what? We're showing people the truth. We're showing them the reality of God. And I challenge you in your life that there's sometimes times that we need to make a stand. Why? Because there's a lot of people that you work with don't know this stuff. There's a lot of people that don't know, and maybe they have been told it, but they never realized that the authenticity of it, that it was really true. And to them, they just said, oh, man, that's just a joke. That couldn't be true. And as I begin to read through it and I begin to study, and I know some of you have maybe never heard it before, even if you have heard it before, you just think, wow, that's a coincidence. Oh, yeah, what, whatever. Yeah, no, no. But it's not a coincidence. It's the deceptive power of Satan that wants to make us feel that. So we'll embrace it and we'll accept it and we'll say it's okay. Joshua said these words, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. This house is the house of God and we're going to keep it that way. We're going to tell people the truth because we love them enough to tell them the truth. We're going to ward away evil. We're not going to say it's all right to come to this church and live in sin because it's not. Because one day when we go to heaven, those people are going to cry out and say, why did you not tell me the truth? We're going to stand for the truth. We're going to stand for holiness. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.